Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the Outkick network, this is Outkick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Just like that, the final hour is here. Tuesday edition. Outkick 360 rolls on. Coming up, we continue our NFL preview to get you ready for the regular season, which kicks off with uh, Thursday night football. The Rams and Bills just around the corner. And uh, coming up in 20 minutes, we're going to discuss uh, the NFC North. Or excuse me, we moved on. We finished the NFC North yesterday. Now we're going south. 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 We're going south, and we go in alphabetical order. Atlanta and Carolina. A couple of bad teams. Atlanta and Carolina. Uh, They are not as bad, though, as where I would like to start. I think we should go ahead and crown the NFL's worst offseason award. Um, And... Maybe I am completely premature here. It's hard to overlook this. Um, there was a report on Sunday after the preseason games were complete that Daniel Jones, um, after he took three like legitimate hits from a defense on a pass rush, offensive line was horrible. He followed up by having one of his worst practices of the offseason with the Giants, if not the worst. Um, they have several guys on offense rehabbing injuries. Tony is one of them at wide receiver. Kenny Galladay um, has also reportedly, quote, underwhelmed in practice. Here is a quote from the New York Daily News, as I was reading last night. It was difficult for the offense to complete a pass or execute a single play, let alone find any splashes. Saquon Barkley rattled off one or two encouraging runs, but also suffered stuff. Was also stuffed several times, and the offense stuttered. The offense's energy was low, especially for the final open practice of camp for fans. That was their description of the the preseason game, and then the practice following it, where uh, Daniel Jones took a beating, and on Sunday the Giants were unable to practice 20 of their 87 players on the roster. They're banged up, and they already suck. This is the worst offseason award, the New York Giants. And they had to cut a couple guys today. Everybody's getting to 85 today, which is a weird cut date, by the way. Yeah, Uh, and it's also a weird number. Like, what's what's the the significance of cutting five people? Yeah. Yeah. I don't the, the getting going from ninety to eighty five to me. There's really no significance in that. Yeah, odd date, odd number. Well, I think we agree. Uh, Giants. I, I mean that that what you read there encapsulates all of it. I mean, I could find some really bad stuff in some places. Giants had uh, Dallas had seventeen penalties in his first uh, preseason game, which Ooh. is a really bad sign well, about them. They were, but it's one really bad thing. Giants oh, are all really bad things. You're on to something with Cowboys, though. The Cowboys were horrible at self-inflicted penalties last year. I mean, that kept them out right. of... And so that's the one thing you would be looking to in this game. Yeah. Have they cleaned up their one big no. issue? And no, they pick up right where they left yeah. off. But when you're ticking off a long list like you did with the Giants, 
it's hard to we're going to look at Carolina and Atlanta who have a lot of issues. But that's yeah. a that's an awfully bad paragraph you read. What is it about former Belichick assistants getting their first crack at a head coaching job and coming out very awkward out I of the gate? I think he's inheriting crap. Most of them do. But when you're the the talk early on in camp was there's no semblance of understanding the offense that he's trying to implement with the Giants early on. Brian Dayball? Yes. And, I mean, Matt Patricia had awful first impressions with the Lions. You go back to Josh McDaniels initially with, with Denver, a lot of the same stuff. It's something about those Belichick assistants. There's a huge goal. And I'm not, they, saying, I'm not saying that his career is over as a head coach based on the start of this training camp, but there seems to be a disconnect with the Giants and well, they, starting out. They had terrible salary cap constraints, so they couldn't go out and address everything they need. Um, injuries have played a huge factor because they're coming off a year where they were already banged up, but they're trying to get healthy so they didn't practice many guys. And then guys are dropping like flies already. Um, it, they they had 11 healthy offensive linemen at the start of Sunday's practice. Again, 87 players. They only had 11 offensive linemen healthy to, to play. Here's their wide receiving core, if I can find this note. So with Kadarius Toney out, here... <laughs> Here are your wide receivers for Daniel Jones. By the way, the Titans play them week one. Colin Johnson, who apparently is their camp standout. Richie James, who played it locally here at Murfreesboro at MTSU. Um, C.J. Board and rookie Wondell Robinson. That's their wide receiving core. That's very That's impressive. Awful. And, you know- and it's, it's not going to get any, any better. Um, you, you had Dayball 10 days ago. Tell reporters openly he was not happy with the team's conditioning. Like he felt like overall they were not at a level ready for for the regular season, as if we're going back to the '80s, where you showed up to camp to get in shape for the regular season. That's alarming. Here's one of the roots. That's a bad. That's that's the sign of a bad, just rotten culture. Also, yes. when you've got an yeah. entire group showing up out of shape. I do think, I, and and look, I'm with you, Chad, about them not not being able to grasp new stuff. The, it, the installation plan and the transition stuff has been bad. But in terms of them being left bad stuff, here's a root of a problem. Saquon Barkley got a four-year, $31 million contract. All of that guaranteed, you know, over the course of the contract, it guarantees. He's got a $10 million cap number this year. He's always hurt. Since, since his big injury, that's a foolish way to build a football team. It wasn't a great pick, and Gettleman was an old-school guy, thought of things in a very backwards way. The roster wasn't well-built, and it takes you two years to start to get out from under that. Kadarius Toney, I mean, how many teams were looking at him the way the Giants were looking at him? So there were decisions made in terms of the talent that's in place – that weren't very smart. Well, Joe Judge was terrible too. I mean, yeah. You would talk about the and the, the regime before the, the that cause was bad. for the rotten culture. It's it's got to do multiple a lot with hires that. in a row. Yeah, you go Ben McAdoo. I mean, that was bad. Yeah, I'm not pinning all this on on Dayball at all, but there does seem to be a trend when guys that have worked under Belichick get their oh, first definitely. shot at a coaching job that it tends to get off to a wacky start sometimes. Not that this is all his fault. There's a lot of issues with that Giants roster. If the Jets 
and and you know breathe that sigh of release uh, relief over Zach Wilson's knee. But if the Jets actually make the kind of gains people are expecting from the Jets, and it's not playoffs, you know, yeah. but it's to respectability. That's what the Atlanta did last year. Yeah. Uh, to I mean, say they, they win seven, seven games. games. Yeah. So if the Jets win seven games in New York this year while the Giants flail like it looks like they could flail, you know, these two teams are, you know, the Giants won some Super Bowls and they had their time. But over the last several years, they have been two of the worst teams in football. If it's the Jets, the lowly Jets who <laughs> pull away from the Giants, that is revolutionary stuff in New York City. It's like what we're seeing with the Mets being so much better than the Yankees right now. Yeah. Just completely separating. Well, I, you know, what they'd like to do in New York, they get the Yankees and the Mets together and they set out their pennants. And, yeah. uh, and the Mets well, get the a little Giants, table over in the corner the and the Yankees get a, a huge ballroom. Well, then it wouldn't be revolutionary until the Jets start winning a bunch of titles because that's yep. all the Giants fans could point to also. It doesn't matter if you're better right now because we'll point to our titles. What is going on with the Yankees right now, Paul? Yankees, I have they some numbers score. that will stun you. They, they just got shut out two times in a row. Uh, it, it, it's, they're playing atrocious baseball. They've, they've run the bases better this year. They've played better defense this year. That stuff has all fallen by the wayside. Listen to this paragraph. In the past 34 innings, the Yankees have scored three runs, all of which were driven in by, as you know, the, the monster bat of Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, <laughs> who hit his first home run. Good for him for being on cycle. And had a bunt. <laughs> Um, a squeeze bunt. In their past nine games, they've been shut out four times. In their past six games, they've scored eight runs total, which according to stat heads, Katie Sharp is the Yankees' fewest in any six-game span since August 2015. They are a shell of themselves right now, and thank God they built up that giant lead for themselves because they cannot hit. Right now, Anthony Rizzo leaned into a pitch last night. He get, he's good at getting hit by pitches. And he started to run the first, and the umpire signaled, no, back, back. You didn't call get hit. You never see. No. You didn't make an effort to get out of the way of the oh. pitch. Therefore, I'm not awarding wow. you first base. Then he struck out. Wow. wow. They were that's, furious. That's bad. Do they not have a farm system to pull guys up and they've got put a guys couple, down? They've got a couple up. Uh, just not yeah, I feel good. like they, they could be doing a, some more of that. Stanton had a rehab deal um, yesterday. He's coming back from Achilles tendonitis, so hopefully he's better. Judge has cooled off a little bit, and nobody – I have to say the Red Sox pitched Aaron Judge perfectly. You've got that box. Every pitch to Judge was on the bottom line of the box. Like, everything right everything that he's yeah. hit Location for power – was over two feet off the ground. ESPN was showing Sunday night. He didn't get a pitch that was more than two feet off the ground in the whole series uh, or yesterday. So if people can pitch him like that, you know, you have to tip your hat and say, way to throw to him. But if somebody makes a mistake, you know, that's above that, he's still going to clock. If, if this free fall continues and oh, they're out in the first, first playoff round, who takes the blame? Is it Aaron Boone? Because someone we know in New York – Someone's gonna hit the road. Well, at the I end mean, of this, they 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 don't really do that anymore. Post George, Hal Steinbrenner hasn't made dramatic, big, somebody must suffer moves. I, I mean, I didn't like it when George was going out of control, but I don't like it now when there's not enough. Everybody's safe. But Cashman's the guy, the roster constructor who goes too right-handed. And traded Montgomery somehow to, for a center fielder who's in a boot. 
Well, and Montgomery's they, had two fantastic starts for the Cardinals while the Yankees keep giving up home runs. Now they have a star who can call a little bit of the shots, though. Yeah. Uh, because Aaron Judge, is, if he's coming back, he's going to want certain things. So I, it, it's time for Judge to rise and demand. All rise. If he like wants people out, in Cleveland. Let, let people know. Um, the best stars in, at any level of any sport can get that kind of treatment especially in a contract year. They got a couple guys like like uh, they got rid of Gallo and now Aaron Hicks is just ridiculously bad. You know, so it's been a team that has gotten away with carrying a couple ridiculously bad guys. And the biggest thing, the whole thing, Clay Holmes was an unbelievable closer, just throwing a sinker and doing anything he wanted in the first half, and now he can't find the strike zone and people are hitting home runs off of him and he's not the closer anymore. Tomorrow, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are in town for a joint practice with the Titans. Um, of course, no Brady, so we'll see Blaine Gabbert uh, get reps um, with, I'm, I'm assuming he'll take the number one reps, uh, with the Buccaneers offense. They won't have Mike Evans. Chris Godwin is coming off of an injury as a franchise tag player. Um, and they've, they've had some success at wide receiver. I... Uh, beyond that, I'm saying um, Julio Jones, which we will get to in just a, uh, just a moment. But they've also had Tyler Johnson and Jalen Darden um, become more of the talk of camp at wide receiver in Tampa, which has many thinking right now as the as the Bucks come to Nashville that there is a chance that Scotty Miller or Cyril Grayson or Brashad Perriman could be on the cutting block based on the play of Darden and Johnson and at Brady wide receiver. Brady has loved Scotty Miller, though they've never featured him to the degree you would have thought they would have based on Brady's love. And Usually I'm not to saying, get Brady's love, you're Let me clarify. Golden. The media's not saying all three of them get no, cut. One but the, it's one of those three right now that's on the outside looking in. Seems like Scotty Miller has earned enough from the past that he would be the last guy in the group. Russell Gage is not practicing here in Nashville as okay. well as Mike Evans. Okay. Um, Todd Bowles said yesterday those two won't practice here. Julio is is turning heads there. Um, it's remarkable. And I, I, don't, um, I don't, I mean, I'm not shocked. He's a very good player. He When he practiced here, he practiced well. Um, Did he go to Germany and get some I'm, some? I'm surprised some that he, uh, he hasn't Pulled a hamstring. Like, hamstring just seems shot uh, at this point. With, with what happened two years ago and what happened last year here in Nashville, it seems like it's just it's the the clock is ticking on that. So I, I see uh, the you know the clock strikes midnight on this storyline. But guys, let's just hypothetically say he comes up here with Blaine Gabbert and continues this hype machine against the Titans secondary. Um. What's the reaction? You got to be pissed off. Oh, I think. I mean, if you're a Titans furious. fan, it, it yeah. goes from you making fun of the guy and and the Bucks for thinking he's going to be anything to <laughs> why the hell was this not happening when you were here at any point? I mean, I again preseason. Yeah. You yeah. you you put everything. We preface it all yeah. with that. But if he goes out there and continues to turn heads and is doing something, then getting the regular season, he does anything. How are you not irate if you're a Titans fan? based on what you saw from Julio Jones the year before. He carried himself with no urgency last year to, to get back in the lineup. And if you see him lighting up your defensive backs, who are supposed to be a young strength of this team now, 
it will be a huge story here. People will be pissed. And Hutton, if he goes on to do something this season, and he's in a different circumstance, like McLean was saying, like here the Titans really needed him to do something. And there you can say, well, be third slash fourth and give us, you know, 20 good snaps a game maybe. It's a different expectation. But it would be two years in a row where a busted Titan who they really wanted, Jadavian Clowney first, and this guy second, go somewhere and do much better than they did the year before here. Maybe the expectation is a bit higher than 20 snaps a game. But there were times where the Titans had him active on game day and he was standing on the sideline on third down and seven. Or taking active, himself out of the game in the fourth quarter. Was, yeah, and he where was they not were there. Managing his snaps. So we just it, needed somebody. I was reading some of this yeah. last night. We just needed somebody to go dig out safeties. And so we kept him out. As if they didn't, like throwing was a non-possibility. Yeah, but th- see here, so that's why I think they're comparing him to Antonio Brown. Because Antonio Brown's coming from Oakland. And that whole, th- you know, it, he'd just been traded from Pittsburgh. He's looped around a bit. And now he's at Oakland. He wants out. You know, he's got his feet are burned or whatever. The, you know, <laughs> he whatever. froze them came in to a the level of being burned. Yeah, and he shows up in Tampa and helps them go on on a Super Bowl run. I mean, that there is it was a great feeling until that it wasn't. There's right, a feeling like won't. you drop yeah. him in with Brady in the offense, and they'll find a role for you, and you will play that role. Well, that's what it'll be, Hutt. If he's successful there, it's another. Magic touch Brady thing more so than a Titans failure, though we'll still look at it that way. Yeah. But everybody that goes down there or that went to New England, you know, there were failures at receiver Here, or whatever, me, but he makes everything work. I, I want to quote Greg Ro- Rosenthal on this. This is what this is what I'm getting from from Tampa, and then he's quoting the reports. It's surprising that Julio Jones has been the healthiest, sharpest receiver at Bucks at, at, with, of the Bucks' top four wideouts at training camp. Seeing Julio Jones beat Xavier Howard at joint practices was encouraging. That signing could have a similar impact to the one Antonio Brown had in 2020. Surprising. And then he links the story that you can go read at NFL.com. Surprising is a very mild, tepid word for that. Yeah. Now, though Mike Evans, you wouldn't have expected to be healthy, and you know Godwin's coming off a, a serious injury. But still, out of the rest of them to say, you know, most healthy, it's preposterous so off of what we saw last year. If Julio shows up and practices and doesn't get hurt, you know, that's a surprise in and of itself based on what we've seen on that practice field. It, here's the real storyline at wide receiver this week for me. It, it is Traylon Burks. Because while Traylon Burks is going to play for this team, I still find it um, – it's hard for me to really pinpoint – how much he's developed now to what role he will be. He's leveled off. And and I think that it's important. Like They've got to figure that out over the next two weeks in these joint practice works and in the preseason games. And the one way you can't do it is by playing him with Malik Willis because the dude doesn't throw the football. No. So it's got to happen in practice with Ryan Tannehill. And yeah. he, needs a, he needs two practices against Tampa the way he opened camp. He shut up a lot of people about his if he was in shape, uh, the whole asthma thing, whether or not he was going to come up and drop out out of individual drills because he you know couldn't make it because he couldn't breathe. And second play of camp, we know we've seen the play and we we highlighted it on the show. The you know top first round pick shows up and makes a big time play down the sideline. He needs a, a moment or two like that in both of these days 
to shut up a lot of people because we haven't heard from him in a while and it's time for him to show up and be the consistent player and start stacking days again because it's not going to happen in preseason work where Tannehill's not playing. It's not going to happen with Malik Willis and Logan Woodside is nothing special. Out of these four joint practices, two with the Bucks this week, two with the Cards next week, I completely agree with you. Here's though what I fear happens and, and one play, one or two plays can do it, but it'd be better if it was more than that. But they rotate the guys too damn much. And yeah. he is not running that much with the... There's got to be He doesn't get now. enough snaps with the ones out of this rotation for it to be with Tannehill that much. So, yeah, it's, it's you mandate. know, he maybe it's gets two with Tannehill and two with Woodside and one with Wilson, uh, with Willis, instead of four with Tannehill and one with the other guys. And that's what I'd like to see, right? Let's end... Cody Hollister getting any reps with Ryan Tannehill. Yes. The During rep- these four important practices. Yep. Priceless reps with Tannehill, Robert Woods, Traylon Burks, all in the field together. But you want those guys Kyle Phillips getting too. the reps. Yeah. yeah, but, but especially I, wait, I Traylon we, Burks. I think we know what Kyle Phillips is with this team, though. He's right, like, but this is the, the next level test for yeah, him. Yeah, but I can't tell you what Traylon Burks is. I can tell you yeah. uh, Kyle Phillips is probably like 40 to 50 catches for 500 yards. Like that, He's a third down guy. Traylon Burks, is he a number one? Or is he just a rotational guy that they're going to try to feel out over the no, first half fair. of the we season? We don't know yet. We, we don't know he yet. He hasn't claimed it. And he's he was starting to, right? And then, it, to your point, leveled off. And the preseason games aren't going to... All I heard from the preseason game, and all you can see is he's running routes. And, okay, he's open well, on Willis some of them. Well, Willis hurt because he's right. open on some of those but, routes. He wouldn't throw him the damn ball. Yeah, but it, but that's I think that's the point. Like he... You, I think there needs to be an emphasis on getting him opportunities, football in the air, against this Bucks secondary. And, I, and, I think it's a good point. And just get him in rhythm because, I mean, he is a crucial piece to what they're going to be or who they actually become based on how quickly they get him involved and develop because we see the traits of a number one, but I don't see the consistency of that guy. Here's another thing I fear that they're thinking. And this could happen a little bit, but maybe not to the degree. Racy McMath has emerged yeah. some. And so in terms of being a vertical stretch guy, Racy McMath may be able to take a little bit of that off of Burks's plate, which on the one hand is good, and on the other hand plays right into what the Titans like. Oh, well, we don't have to ask a rookie to do as much, so we have a here's a second-year guy who's been around and is developing and stuff. Well, I mean, if Racing McMath keeps making plays, that's good. But you can find room for both. Yes. You don't yeah. have to say, well, okay, we'll take that off Burks' plate. This time last year, the Titans went into this practice. They've practiced two years in a row now. Uh, last year was in Tampa. Banged and, up to hell. And there were two things that, that came that I, I, I jotted down and pulled in the notes last night. The, the player that proved himself the most was Nick Westbrook-Akine. He was very good. He showed it. But also, he was... The only guy out Literally there. the only receiver out there with Tannehill to throw to that ended the season with a consistent measure of, oh, we have something here. I like think it was probably role. Marcus Johnson and, and Chester Rogers were the other yeah. two primary yeah, receivers those two they days. They held I was AJ down out with a knee, and, and they were making sure that he was going to be fine for the regular season. And Julio, Julio doesn't practice. Doing and so they didn't pre- – so to me, the, the story – like the guy this year off, off of this joint work needs to be Traylon Burks. Who was the other guy? The guy who hurt himself the most was Dylan Radens. Yes. This was the week whenever they completely threw in the towel on that measure and moved on. 
with off the, the quest. So, um, and it was. It, they'll say it was. It didn't happen, but I mean, last last year in OTAs, they brought in the second round pick, and he was working, and all of a sudden, all the coaches were glowing about him, how coachable he was, and oh, he only played one game due to COVID, but man, he's really coachable. Joint practice two months later, move him inside, and there, he starts working inside. Oh, the, we love his versatility now, and then we don't see him because he's inactive. He's so versatile, he's inactive on game day. That two verse. Watch for watch for him against the the Bucks defensive line in their pass rush, and they have another uh, rookie right tackle now with Nicholas Petit Frere, who is in the same boat that can prove a lot, and he raises his hand and jumps in there whenever someone's needed uh, to to get a breather or a rep or someone goes down. It's Petit Frere that jumps in there, and Vrabel praises him for that. I think he that, could have crushed it in yeah. that game and didn't. Um, and what they said about. Uh, Dylan Radins was what Keith Carter, the offensive line coach, said was he understands there are some things in pass pro that are the key to what happens next for him. So it sounds to me like they're okay with him in the run game. They don't trust him in pass protection. And, uh, you know, can he, can he get better at that in the next three weeks? I'm not a believer. You, they, you know that. They ran through many camps, Chad, with Radins at right tackle. They, they're trying to have him they grab hold it. of that they job. Want it. They will give him reps at right tackle tomorrow and on Thursday. And it is, or it, it is time for Ravens time to, earn it. to grab it or GTFO. Yep. Time to earn it or be another bad pick at right tackle yeah. for the Titans. Yeah. And yeah I, I mean, expect the latter. That's, I mean, that's what we've seen because he hasn't, so far, he hasn't claimed that. Um, although he did play what he started at left tackle last week, right? Yeah. In the game. All and it, they didn't play snaps. a lot of snaps. Seven, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, coming up, we will uh, get into our NFL preview in the NFC South with the Atlanta Falcons and the Carolina Panthers. Quarterback concerns, quarterback questions, offensive development, and where do these teams go based on expectation in this division for both of these head coaches? That's next on Outkick 360. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Outkick 360 rolls on across the Outkick network. We're taking a look at the NFC South, and we start with the Atlanta Falcons because we're smart and we go in alphabetical order. 7-10 and 10 last year. I want to point out that this is a bit of a mirage. 7-10 and 10 is legit. But the Falcons, with two weeks to play, were a playoff contender, if you can believe it. It's true. They were on the outside looking in of the seven seed. And I think there's a fall back to earth a bit this year in, in that regard. They could end up with the same record. But I don't know if we're talking about, oh, the Falcons are in the playoff mix. I'm not talking about in the hunt where you can name off six or seven teams. I mean, they were like the second team out uh, in going into week 16. 
Uh, life without Matt Ryan officially begins in year two for Arthur Smith. They've added Marcus Mariota. They've drafted Drake London at wide receiver. It looks like they've avoided an injury scare with him in the preseason. Desmond Ritter was also drafted just ahead of Malik Willis. And Desmond Ritter performed well on, in their game on the road in, in Detroit. Um, so they, they have Cordero Patterson at running back. They uh, have added Damian Williams to their backfield. He's in from Kansas City. Tyler Allgaier is interesting and one to watch because uh, he's a rookie out of BYU. They really like him. I believe he's a fifth-round pick. And they can go big in the passing game with Pitts and with Patterson. They have Ferkser there now. Who's and with playing, Drake and, well, But big, I'm saying. They can go heavy oh, well. with Pitts, and then Patterson can move around as the big receiver or the, you know, however they want to use him as the slot back or whatever it was. I mean, he had over 1,100 all-purpose yards last year for this team, and I think that's how Arthur wants to, to use him. Point being, uh, London's on the outside, Paul, yes. Uh, they have Brian Edwards, who they acquired in a trade from Vegas, who's in the nice role, I think, there. I think they have Ferkser playing the role he's meant to play, which is not a number one tight end. But that's just fine with Anthony Ferkser. He had a chance to grab a job like that last year and failed. And now he's back with an offensive coordinator that's going to go more too tight and use three tight ends at times and split one out in the slot. And they'll move the football that way. I'm intrigued to see how the offense prog progresses. But here's why I think they fall back a bit. I think their defense has not improved enough to do anything to raise the the level of expectation. I think they end up being about what they were last year, even without Matt Ryan there. Yeah, I got a couple more reasons why they fall back a bit, uh, starting with Marcus Mariota, who I, I don't think is a winning NFL quarterback, 500 at best, and he's going to get hurt. Yes, uh, he will. And, and I don't think he's a particularly good leader, and uh, that's not just me thinking it. Mike Malarkey told me that he wasn't one. And Mike Malarkey's life hinged on Marcus oh, Mario. He's too quiet at times. Yeah. Not, um, a, not according to A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown said he's the best leader he's ever, ever been around. Well, that's, that's also true. I mean, I think A.J. Brown didn't like it. Hasn't Brian been Tango. around that many leaders well, either. Also, he's a, he's a good guy. You know, he's a good guy sure, to be around. He's not a vocal guy. Yeah. So that's if, if I need my quarterback to speak. Yeah, I agree. If your definition is of leadership is a guy who's going to you know yell at you and get in your face and tell you what to do, that ain't Marcus Mariota. Well, at times you need that. Well, Atlanta, all seven of their wins last year, guys, were by a touchdown or less. That's a little scary. Yep. Their total points, uh, they were minus one forty six. That's a massive number. So that their achievement of that team last year was ridiculously good. And the, the potential for regression is ridiculously big. Uh, they've got a great quarterback in uh, A.J. Terrell, and they've got a great interior defensive lineman in Grady Jarrett, but I agree with you, not a lot of moves on defense. Nope. Um, and I think the quarterback situation ultimately brings them back to earth, and I think that would be good for them. They need to get draft picks and replenish. Next year they can shop like crazy in free agency if they want. They're out of the salary cap hell that they got into with Matt Ryan. Look, when you've got that guy, you do that thing. Some teams do it better than others. They didn't do it great. Um, but in 2023, they can be shoppers. They've got a good young coach who everybody knows overachieved like crazy last year and is, is good. What they go get himself year, either Ritter is, right, or remarkable. another quarterback, um, and, and they'll be on the move next year. Well, so – 
they need a high draft pick. I mean, I, I agree. Well, they I, had I, the eighth pick this year. Yeah, and I, I'm talking top two or three pick. They need to draft a quarterback. I mean, they need to find their quarterback. Two things need to well, happen had, this well, year. Well, hang on. They've had they had the fourth overall pick two years ago, and they got Kyle Pitts, right? And yeah. they had the eighth pick last year, and they had Matt Ryan. Uh, granted, granted, an aging Matt Ryan on yeah, their roster. Right. At the time. I, I, all I'm saying is they wanted Watson. It's such a yeah. It's it's such a. They're gonna true. go big or not go. <laughs> they wanted Watson. Hey, that would have been an upgrade at quarterback. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about here. But they're in such a in flux season with Marcus Mariota and Desmond Ritter, and maybe Desmond Ritter surprises and you know becomes a, a Russell Wilson type third round pick eventually, where he he develops into their franchise guy. Who knows? Their their future to me hinges on Pitts. London, and I think the sneaky acquisition of the offseason is Brian Edwards, who's probably going to be their number two receiver, starting out with Calvin Ridley out. So if that little triumvirate can prove, hey, that they've got something electric here with those guys, then you add the quarterback in, and then Arthur Smith has exactly the situation he wants in Atlanta as a head coach. So it's a weird team to talk about because – it's one of those with a lot of teams. The Vikings yesterday, for instance. Oh well, if these things happen, maybe they contend with the Packers or they do this and that. With the Falcons, I look at them as a team that needs the highest possible pick in next year's draft, and this year should not matter. I know Arthur Smith's not looking at it that way, but that's the way I view this team. It's a team that needs to figure out this year that they've got something moving forward in Pitts and London and maybe Brian Edwards. And then a team that's you know going to find their quarterback in next year's draft, or Desmond Ritter gets his shot this year and proves people wrong. That that's where this team is right now. Yeah, and they um, they have way too many former Titans on this roster, right, to be a long term nucleus. Yeah. He knows what he knows, and so he's right. filling in the cracks yeah, with guys yeah. who and guys who can come in and know the system. You don't have to get them up to speed. I think that's why uh, Mariota is a good signing. If you're going to draft a rookie, Mariota is a good signing because you can move you can move through the offseason and get into the regular season l- running the offense, going heavy. Arthur's going to go. Arthur Smith's going to go heavy twelve personnel, so he's going to use both tight ends. Ferkser plays well off of a true number one tight end, where he's going to be a possession receiver guy, and for the most part. Uh, he's a guy that you're going to rely on for one or two catches a game. That's him. That's great because you have Kyle Pitts. And when you load up like that, now you can be able to you, – you can, you can be creative uh, the, the way that they were creative out of the backfield last year with Cordero Patterson. Like, and with having, having Damian Williams there now, they can move Patterson around even more within that offense – and I think it's a quick passing game with Mariota, and they're going to use his legs and his wheels. And they they certainly weren't doing that with Matt Ryan. So, but you got to guard against that a little bit because when you use his legs and his wheels is when he well, but I, tends I, to break down. That's all fair. Um, I also think they really like Desmond Ritter. I, I liked what I saw. And by the way, the guy will run. And he's not afraid to throw it. That's the difference between him and Malik Willis right now. Of those former Titans, at least for their sake, because these are backup level players, at least for their sake, beyond Mariota, the only one who's starting in the depth chart I'm looking for is Rashawn Evans. And you know he's a two-down linebacker as a run run guy. Yep. Now, can he go to the right gap? Uh, Two out of three times. So, despite how neutral 
at best we are on this this Falcons team. Seven and ten last year. I think that's about right going into this year. I think they'll win some games close, lose some games that they you know they'll be blown out by, for instance. Uh, but Arthur Smith will have them playing well. To Matt Rule's Carolina Panthers, and this is a fascinating tale. Baker Mayfield's in. It was the worst kept secret, but yet no one wanted to admit it. Coming off the five and twelve record, this team was five and five a year ago. Five and five. You and I were big. Um, they finished five and twelve, and they were awful on the offensive line, awful at quarterback a year ago. But now you have Mayfield. Darnold, by the way, was okay when Christian McCaffrey was healthy. Let's point that out. He was three and zero as a starter in Carolina to start to begin. Because Christian McCaffrey was on the field. Offensive line, they played more than 10 combinations of pairings and groupings a year ago. Um, and Darnold fell off when McCaffrey got hurt. They changed offensive coordinators. Does this team surprise us? And I, only, if, only if McCaffrey plays a lot, which would be surprising in and of itself. He's playing in only 10 games for the Carolina teams over the last 33 games. But... Mayfield paired with DJ Moore, who is great with yards after the catch. That's why they re-signed him and gave him the new contract. The offensive line should be better. They've made some additions there. And their defense is chock full of talent. They, they have a, a young nucleus of talent on defense that's now going into a year like two, three, and four. And while they need depth at linebacker guys, they will be able to get after it defensively. Uh, they lose Hassan Reddick. Um, but... Other than that, uh, defensively, I really like what they have. They they have strong corner play, but it comes down to the offense and whether or not they're actually going to move the football for once. One of the best defenses in the league a, a year ago, and the biggest addition, it's, it's not on the screen, and it's not really an addition because he was on the roster a year ago. It's Christian McCaffrey, and that's where if he's healthy, this is, you know, <laughs> that's the big if, but it, this is a team that could do something. I, I, I really believe that. If, they, if he can be a big part of the offense, they've got the defense to give themselves a chance I, in games. I think so, yeah. Baker Mayfield it, it is a big upgrade over Sam Darnold. I mean, we can point to last year's stats and show that they're very similar statistically, and I can also point to the fact that Baker Mayfield tried to play through a bad injury last year, and it backfired on him, on the Cleveland Browns, and on his future as a quarterback. But I, I think you know when, when he's healthy and playing – He's a better option than Sam Darnold. So the X factor, once again, is can they get their star running back through the season? Five of their nine wins last year against these quarterbacks. Zach Wilson in his first NFL start. Davis Mills in his first NFL start. Colt McCoy. Matt Ryan in his first game uh, after the suspension of Calvin Ridley and Jameis Winston. So they weren't exactly taken down Giants. You beat who you beat. You, you play who you play. They're two and six in one-score games. People expect that generally to get more towards 500. But I don't have a lot of faith in this, in this team. I think everybody knows that Matt Rule's on his way out, probably going to be the first coach fired, uh, doesn't make it through the season if things aren't going well, if McCaffrey's not healthy. And, um, you know, you now get that head start on being able to start to, to interview coaches who are outside the game or whatever. We know Tepper likes it big. I don't think he's getting Sean Payton, but he probably thinks he's got a chance at Sean Payton. Fire your guy early, 
go ahead and make your forays, all of that stuff. McCaffrey's health is the biggest story out there. And uh, if you're betting on him to stay healthy for all 17, you're getting great odds. Well, let's play the quarterback game again. You don't need injuries to even play a factor right now. And I can go ahead and tell you their first three quarterbacks out of the gate, Jacoby Brissett, Daniel Jones, Jameis Winston. What a blessing. If they go 0-3 fire rule immediately <laughs> oh, get, get him yeah. out of there if they go one and two quite frankly yeah. they should be two and one he should be fine so i mean they could be three and oh could be i mean they could they could very easily be the, the uh, baker mayfield's gonna beat the browns and jacoby Brissett well, in but, week but one here here's, here's everything uh baker mayfield or sam darnold yeah if if christian mccaffrey isn't playing both of those dudes are screwed no you're right it doesn't it, that it comes down to christian mccaffrey being the fourth best running back or whatever pro football focus still yeah. has him ranked as. If he's on the field, he is a true difference maker, even without the football in his hands. This is another division that stacks relatively easily to me. Tampa Bay runs away with it. Uh, New Orleans on talent is the second best team in the division. Then Carolina and Atlanta are slugging it out. Um and I think we both, uh, all three of us think they're both not very good. That probably hinges on Christian McCaffrey's health, on how much magic Arthur Smith works. Um, and at that point, who kind of cares? You know, it's a draft positioning thing. Uh, not as easy to distinguish these two teams, but I think the division, uh, you, you know what it's going to look like uh, one, two, and then. You're, you're battling three, four, these two teams we've talked about here. They better know how to draft tackles. <laughs> yes. Aquanu's who they went with. Yeah. And that's we didn't no one knew that dude's name until he went to the combine. I think he's gonna be a good right? player. And I that's not I'm not saying that they didn't, but no one was talking about him like, oh, they've got Aquanu. No one knew him until he went to the combine. He got some buzz at the combine. Yeah. And and we all started chatting about him. And the, the scouts certainly know these guys well in advance, but they have they have better hit a home run there. You're if right. not, like it's kind of the same old story. I wonder what the protection. hit rate is on guys who suddenly shoot up out of nowhere at the combine and become a top ten pick for teams. Well, uh, guys, across there, the there are of the two league. different kind of guys. They're co- guys who, like everybody says, the scouting community's been talking about this guy, but now yeah, he's. I'm not making a judgment. And, and I'm just curious who, what that would be. Who yeah. lift or run spectacularly well? Who win the underwear Olympics? I think they're two categories. This isn't the this isn't the latter. I, I think scouts like them. We just hadn't heard about them. Um, yes. not to say that he's going to be a success because of that, but it's not like he went there and bench pressed super well. And everybody said, Oh, look at this guy. Here's why uh, quickly. Here's why I like Carolina this year. They didn't reach for the quarterback and they went with offensive line and went with what could help them. And they end up with Baker Mayfield. Atlanta so they, did that smartly too. They waited on Ritter. Yes, they liked yeah. Ritter. They waited. But they, they, they could, fell in their both lap. could have taken Pickett is my point. Right. If you take Pickett, it's yeah, you, you don't address the offensive line. And you kind of stuck with what you have, and you're in my, you know, my motto here: rules trying to keep his job. I think he did a good job, and the front office did a good job of trying to put together a team that this guy's got some tools now with Mayfield to go, go get after. Nobody really forced it at quarterback. Yeah, which is a shocker in and of itself. We uh, wrap up the show, get you ready for the evening next on Outkick Three Hundred and Sixty. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. 
Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Recapping some of the headlines today, Zach Wilson's arthroscopic knee surgery was deemed a success, according to ESPN. There was no surprises from the original diagnosis. They won't put him on the field until he's 100%, but good news for the Jets. That from Rich Samini. I'll also pass along that Malcolm Butler, uh, Patriots corner, is headed to injured reserve. Um, now That's unfortunate. If you go on IR now, are you out for the year or can you be recalled? Is you know, it only a regular a season designation? I think it's only a regular season de- designation. I think you need to be on the 50. I'm, now I'm feeling certain of it. You need to be on the fi- yeah. initial 53-man roster in order to be recalled, right? Because we see some guys who we know are hurt yes. on the initial 53-man roster. Then the next day they can get put they, on IR. They have to occupy reserve. a roster so spot at the beginning. Also, a report coming out from front office sports that negotiations for Deshaun Watson's punishment and trying to reach a settlement remain ongoing. And this is in advance of the league's decision, but that the NFLPA, Watson's manage, Watson's representation, the NFL, are still working on a settlement on his punishment. Don't you, don't you love whenever uh, the headline is the same as yesterday and the day before? Yeah. yeah. Big update. Yeah. Same, same status. <laughs> it's just, they're, they're ongoing. Let me guess at tomorrow's hey, headline. Negotiations Still are ongoing negotiate. unless they have a, uh, a, a judgment in their in their appeal. The good news is by uh, just saying the name Deshaun Watson, our numbers just spiked. Yeah. <laughs> I have Deshaun this judgment Watson, right gentlemen. here. So do you guys want to settle or not? Because hey. we could open this envelope at any time. Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson. You know what? Deshaun Watson. We're not settling. We'll be back at it tomorrow on OutKick 360. Don't block the box, but please lock your locks.